Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The openings of movies are so important to their success. They can set the tone, and usually an audience will know whether something is for them or not once the introduction is done. However, whether because of a terrible first impression or heavy subject matter that seems far too intimidating, all of the following movies, both amazing and abysmal, practically begged us to turn them off after the opening for a variety of reasons. I'm Josh from WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 movies you turned off after the opening scene. Number 10, Antichrist. Where to begin with Andy Christ? This is a movie so divisive as anything else committed to celluloid. In the opening, we watch Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg's characters suffer through the death of their toddler, and if that wasn't bad enough, they blame themselves for this outcome. And there's no nice way of padding this. They probably should have been watching the kid, but no, instead they were off making sweet, sweet, full frontal NC-17 love as the child fell to its death. The opening scene of Andy Christ is kind of as beautiful as it is painful, though, and that might seem weird if you've not actually seen it and just got off my description there. Shot in gorgeous black and white, slow motion images only help to convey the sense of the inevitable. As the parents shag, their son creeps closer to the open window as the white snowflakes gently drift downward, a foreshadowing of the deep dive both parents will endure. So before the five minute mark, you've seen some proper peen and vag action and a young kid die. And let's face it, either one of those on its own would be a roadblock for most viewers. If you can get through all of that though, you have nearly two hours of profound grief, talking animals, and the most excruciating snip you're likely ever to see to look forward to. Number 9. Thanks Killing there are so films that are so bad, they're actually canny superb. Thanks Killing, though, is not one of them. Made for $3,500, yep, you heard that correctly, Thanks Killing is, at first glance, a comedy horror film. However, you cannot be told how bad this film is, you just have to see it for yourself. If you make it through the first 10 minutes, though, you've already seen approximately a sixth of this movie, as it comes in at a whopping 17 minutes long. The opening act is set in 1621, at the very first Thanksgiving, where it Topless local is killed by a demonic turkey brandishing a tomahawk who exclaims, Eh, uh, nice tits, bitch. How the turkey grips the tomahawk having no opposable thumbs where he learned this vile language remains a mystery. Flash forward a few hundred years and a group of five cliches, sorry, I mean college kids, set off home for the season's celebrations with the family. Their car breaks down and they decide to camp for the night, and that's when the lunacy begins. The turkey is reawakened when his grave is desecrated on by a urinating dog, much like Freddy's return in Nightmare 4, but now I think about it, but without the fire. And at this point, you're probably just going to turn it off. <laughs> Number 8. Requiem for a Dream 
Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream is one of the best psychodramas ever made, and the opening scene sets the grim tone, as Jared Leto's Harry is trying to steal his own mother's TV to hock for heroin. The mom in question, Sarah, locks herself in the bathroom to protect herself from her son, which gives us an inkling into the lengths he will go for just one more fix. The opening credits nimbly foreshadows this as well, by intercutting with Sarah's TV being wheeled across the beach over great distances by Harry and his friend Tyrone. This was only Aronofsky's second film, and one that would earn him a place as one of modern cinema's most original artists, but are you sure you can handle two hours of Requiem for a Dream? From start to finish, it's pretty much just constant misery. It's good misery, but if you're not in the mood for it, it's certainly going to be difficult. Number 7, Dracula Untold. Switching gears entirely here, Dracula movies are now in their double century, and in terms of sheer numbers, there are a crap load of them. Some of them were magnificent, definitely, but plenty were dead on arrival, so to single out this film in particular for being a stinker might seem a little bit unfair on the surface. But let's look at just how bad this thing got. Up first, in the introduction, there is a Lord of the Rings-style prologue, helpfully explaining the sweep of an invading army and the brave Transylvanian warriors trained from childhood holding them off. And it all kinda looks like another 300 sequel that nobody asked for. The opening 10 minutes attempt to give us context, but instead we get a mess of characters thrown in with no development save for the task of undoing Dracula's existing mythology. The worst crime though is simply attempting to take an alluring, dangerous and tragic classic horror icon and turn him into a weird, sexy Game of Thrones type, which you have to admit kinda sounds vaguely appealing. That is, until you watch the first 10 dismal minutes and realize Universal had no idea what they were doing. Number 6, Ghost Ship. Some films have to be switched off in the first 10 minutes because they are plain abysmal, but others set the bar so high that the rest of the flick pales in comparison, and take Ghost Ship as Exhibit A for that latter group. In the opening, it's 1962 aboard the Italian cruise ship MS Antonia Graza, it's formal dance night on the ship, and ball gowns and tuxedos elegantly swoosh around the deck. Someone, however, has rigged a nasty surprise for these partygoers, a steel cable attached to a very fast winch which whips across the deck too fast for the reveling passengers to even notice. Before they can fully appreciate what's happened, their bisected bodies begin to drop to the deck, save for little Katie, a fresh-faced Emily Browning, who is luckily too short to be fatally clotheslined. Flash forward to 2002 and a salvage ship comes across the Graza, now floating aimlessly at sea and lost for decades. What follows is the standard haunted house fair. The crew are picked off one by one, ultimately revealing the motivation for the massacre. That being, there's a lot of gold on board. With a little to no internal logic and nothing that comes close to the WTF opening, Ghost Ship regrettably should have probably remained lost at sea forever. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Number five, killing of a sacred deer. Any film that begins with real open heart surgery is going to undoubtedly grab your attention, but whether that keeps you watching remains to be seen. Directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, The Killing of a Sacred Deer is a strange creature. It's painfully slow, the dialogue is minimal, stunted and distinctly peculiar, and the plot is depressingly predictable, especially if you know anything about Greek tragedies and the one this is based on. Still, it's a proper mesmerizing experience and probably one of the best thrillers of the last decade. Circling back to the opening sequence though, like I said, this depicts open heart surgery in full HD. Something thematically relevant, as affairs of the heart, the fragility of life are all things that crop up in the script, but it is undeniably graphic. This was no prop. It's such a visceral, unconventional opening and will absolutely test the stomach of everyone who's watching. The next scene is the first of many sinister, slow and vaguely threatening scenes, which sees Surgeon Stephen and his peculiar friend Martin share a meeting in the diner. By this point, many will be feeling that awkward, slow-burning, dangerous pull of the story and choose maybe not to get sucked in. That's because this is an arthouse experience that many viewers will simply not want to sit through initially or indeed even return to. It's well worth taking the chance though, as the final act is both chilling and baffling with appropriately ice-cold performances all around. Number 4. The Rise of Skywalker There's a new pastime that's been developing steadily since 2015 and one that has literally millions of players, that being, of course, complaining about the Disney Star Wars films. As 2019 was drawing to a close though, the final film in the sequel trilogy was about to debut and J.J. Abrams had a lot to get through. The opening crawl, however, put many viewers off right out of the gate, and plenty of film fans were just left scratching their heads as to what it even meant. That's because the opening scene shoehorns in a presumed dead Emperor Palpatine with the laziest explanation ever, that he's just somehow returned, and then it immediately retcons The Last Jedi with no attempt to explain either in a satisfying way. Then Kylo Ren successfully tracks down a reborn Emperor Palpatine who promises Ren the Final Order fleet, a plot point which again just comes out of nowhere and just just makes things mad. There's no build-up in the previous two films to introduce another main villain this late in the day, no matter how iconic that villain may have been. Everything's too quick and without a proper satisfying explanation, and it doesn't work as it could have. Number three, Irreversible. 
That Irreversible is presented in reverse chronological order, much like Nolan's Memento, was an effective narrative device that very much speaks to the title. You know, what is done cannot be undone. So the film opens up with the end credits, which also run in mirror image. After this, the camera work is intensely disorientating. Police lights can be seen flashing and a crime is implied. And then in a moment where elsewhere is two men, one naked sits upon a bed. One describes how he served time in prison for the rape of his own daughter, reference to another of director Gaspar Noe's films, and this already sets the tone for the kind of thing audiences are in for. What follows this, though, if you're not already put off, is one of the bloodiest sequences to ever make it past the censors, as a group of men fight inside a Parisian nightclub from hell. What crime committed could possibly warrant the death by a fire extinguisher? Well, later on we're going to see that in excruciating detail as well. For now, though, we've just got this piece of ultraviolence to try and comprehend. Number 2. A Serbian Film there are some films you'll want to turn off after the opening scene, but a Serbian film is one that you probably should turn off if you value your sanity. Though the content of this controversial picture is said to be a comment on everything from fascism to political correctness, there's no getting around it being one of the most off-putting flicks from beginning to end. And unsurprisingly, the opening scene of this masochistic nightmare of a movie brings us the delightful image of a young boy watching pornography starring his own father, Milos. Then Milos is lured out of retirement and is led to a secret location where he believes he will be filming an adult movie. What follows though is a snuff shoot and like so many things in life, the more the character struggles, the worse it gets for him. Many viewers wouldn't have even made it this far though and probably rightly turned it off after the opening sequence. Number 1. Sallow or 120 Days of Sodom Pierre Paolo Pasolini's infamous 1975 movie Salo tells the sordid tale of four maniacs and a four-month orgy of profoundly disturbing depravity. The opening scene here introduces the four men, the president, the duke, bishop and magistrate in Salo, the fascist occupied portion of Italy in 1944, as they hatch upon a scheme to marry each other's daughters and kidnap a group of young men and women to imprison and abuse over the said 120 days. The visuals will not be described here, in fact I'm going to be pretty impressed if I our editor can find any usable footage of this movie, and if you want that kind of detail, be it on your own head, I won't be responsible for introducing you to those disturbing images. The film divides itself roughly into four chapters, all of which largely consist of scenes of sexual assault, murder, humiliation, and brutality. It's said that the director was attempting to illustrate the depravity of the human soul with this picture, and if so, well done I guess, you've done just that. Should anyone fancy a deeper dive than the opening scene though, Mark Mode actually made a really for mini doc on the picture should your curiosity outweigh your gag reflex. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 